Just when you think you've escaped its clutches, conference realignment pulls you right back in. And this time, it's another potential geographic oddity. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's up? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show out there. I'm your host today, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for joining us to get all sorts of the best college hoops info out there. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Hey, you everydayers, I want to welcome you in. So glad you're here. If you're brand new to our show or checking us out as a repeat guest, we're so glad you're here. Come make this part of your everyday routine. We're just under a month away from the season. Would love for you to be part of the 23-24 college basketball season with Andy Patton and myself. So coming up on today's show, we are continuing our conference preview series. We're doing all 32 D1 conferences. We're in the home stretch now today. I'll be talking with you about the Atlantic Sun Conference. Losing a couple schools, that's all right. It's going to be okay. Hey, Sun's going to be great. But before we get to that, we need to talk about some more conference realignment news. So there I was Monday morning, just minding my own business. And in fact, Andy Patton and I were texting. He's two hours behind me on the West Coast. I was like, I hope I'm not waking up my homie. And I said, Andy, you know, just starting to think ahead to next week. What which uh, uh, conference are we going to do for next Monday's show? We were trying to decide between the Pac-12 and the Big 12. Behind the curtain a little bit more, we've been trying to hold off on the Pac-12 in case there's any Pac-12 Mountain West news. And so I said to Andy, hey, you know, we've been waiting on Pac-12. Maybe next Monday we do the Big 12. And his response to me was, uh, you know, we actually might have to wait on that too. Because it came out on Monday morning that apparently the Big 12 and Gonzaga are back in talks of bringing the Bulldogs in to the Big 12 Conference. What on earth? Wild stuff. Now, we'll probably still end up doing the Big 12 next Monday, so you can get geared up for that, but it was just so funny. But here's the thing. I thought, not that necessarily that this was dead, but it was at least done for right now. Because Commissioner Yormark, he actually made public statements. The, the Big 12 Commissioner, Brett Yormark, I should specify who I'm talking about, made public statements back in August that realignment conversations were done now after adding the Arizonas and Utah and, and earlier in the summer, Colorado back into the fold. Now, so I, you know, took that as that's what it is. But then, here we go. We, we hear on Monday that her report from Seth Davis, Brett Yormark, is the one pursuing this thing. The one reaching out to Gonzaga and reaching out to uh, the other Big 12 ADs and presidents. So last week at Big 12 meetings in Dallas, Yormark pitches this idea to the league ADs and presidents, and they gave him permission to continue negotiations with Gonzaga. So that's where we're at. Now, I, frankly, I love it. Obviously, Gonzaga doesn't play football, and the Big 12 is a proud football conference. But it doesn't appear to matter. Now, to me, this makes a ton of sense on both sides, and here's why. And, and I say this as somebody, um, like as an advocate for college basketball. Because the power brokers 
can't frankly help themselves and are, in my opinion, eventually going to destroy the most beautiful thing we have in sports, March Madness, the men's college basketball tournament. But if you get Gonzaga into the Big 12, it ensures that Gonzaga, one of the biggest brands in our sport, is going to be part of that tournament going forward, whatever it is that it looks like. If it, I, you know, my hope is that it continues on the way it is for as long as possible. But I'm also realistic and I recognize that there could very well be changes afoot. And so I love that if Gonzaga, if this happens, Gonzaga is going to be part of the Big 12. Because if there is a major shift in what the NCAA tournament looks like, it's going to be that the power conferences are doing their own tournament. And so this would be great because Gonzaga would be in it. Now, my hesitation with that, while it ensures that Gonzaga's in, it at the same time ensures that anyone currently on the outside of that power structure, any quote future Gonzagas, are not going to have a chance to become the next Gonzaga. Because while Gonzaga was able to find a seat at the table, the next iteration of that's not going to be able to happen. Because they'll not be in the same, literally not in the same playing field. Now, there will be teams that that rise up and maybe move into the Power Six conferences or Power Five because Pac-12, sorry. Um, but it's, you know, that's part of the toughness of this is how do you continue to grow new brands like the way Gonzaga's done? I don't know if you can in that scenario. For Gonzaga, I love this. Uh, would be an absolute relief for Mark Few to not have to do all the wild scheduling he does. I, I love what a baller he is in scheduling, but he wouldn't have to schedule as brazenly anymore in the non-conference because he's playing a quad one or two game literally every night in the Big 12. Um, now, I, from a financial standpoint, Gonzaga would probably have to agree to something similar to what SMU is doing with the ACC, where they're not taking media rev share for a while. Now, there's plenty of other ways they're making money to make up for that. But Gonzaga is going to have to figure out something like that. Um, are they going to have, would they have to build like a bigger kennel? You know, you can't, I don't know if that thing would be up to Big 12 par or standards. You know, you, you got to deal with things like that. Of course, you got geographic considerations. Man, Spokane, Washington is way up there, folks. And I know you've added BYU and Utah. Um, and so that kind of bridges the gap a little bit, but it's still way up there. And when you think about it, that would be Spokane, Washington down to UCF, up to West Virginia, Cincinnati. That's wild. And the Arizona schools, literally, you're looking at the four corners of these United States. Um, and keep in mind, too, this is this is not just basketball. This would be Gonzaga becoming a full member of the Big 12. Not football, obviously, because they don't have it. Although, who knows? You know, maybe they start talking about starting a football team. I don't know. For the West Coast Conference, let's look at that side of it. This would be a massive blow. You've just lost BYU this year, who's in basketball, one of your three biggest brands, along with um, along with Gonzaga, along with St. Mary's, at least currently. You know, that that's what you look at. I could see a world in which San Francisco rises back into that conversation, or other schools do from time to time. Um, and so this this would be critical for the West Coast Conference. They they'd need to find uh, another version of Gonzaga. Maybe St. Mary's continues developing into that, but I don't know. But here's something I want to say. While, you know, I was kind of giving Commissioner Yormark a hard time um, for like saying stuff's done now, but 
not as a college basketball person, a college basketball apologist, somebody that wants to spread the good news of college basketball everywhere. I'm grateful for your Mark. Cause I think he fights for college basketball. He's been really vocal about this talking about how college basketball is undervalued. I think I, I wouldn't be surprised. And I've seen and read rumblings of maybe trying to package a separate basketball thing as part of media rights stuff for the big 12. Um, so doing this is a way to put his money where his mouth is. Because Gonzaga does literally nothing for you, literally, from a football standpoint, because I don't have it again. But they do bring a major national basketball brand and continue to grow what is right now the best conference in college basketball. Gonzaga would certainly only enhance that. But here's something else I'd want to watch. Think about the trajectory of the Big 12 over the next little bit. Uh, This year, they had... 10 schools and add in, um, you know, those, those four schools coming in UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU. So right now they have 14 next year, Oklahoma and Texas are gone to the sec, but you bring in four more schools. You got, we talked about earlier, the Arizona schools, Utah and who Colorado. So that gets you now back to 16. Um, and if you brought in Gonzaga, that would be 17 schools. Now I'm sure they'd figure out ways to do that. It'd be fine and great and whatever. The ACC competes with 15 schools in basketball because of Notre Dame being um, in with basketball. And so, you know, there, there is that. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Big 12 wanted to get to a nice round 18. So do they relook at a UConn? Do they relook at somebody else? I don't know. Maybe they're content to stand pat with 17, but people like round numbers. So we'll see. Anyway, obviously we'll, we'll stay up to date on this conversation as we learn more about Gonzaga in the West Coast Conference, there's a possibility that it could be as soon as next year, the 24-25 academic year. And if so, man, they got to do this sooner rather than later because that comes in a quick hurry. If not, you know, 20, what did I say, 24-25? Yeah, if not, 25-26 is very much on the on the table as well, but wouldn't be as urgent in getting it done. So we will keep eyes on all of that. Now, we want to get to our A-Sun preview We had Kennesaw State heading off to the dance last year. We also had Liberty tied for the regular season championship. They gone now. So who's going to rise to the top of the A-Sun? We'll talk about it in just a second. But first, this episode of Locked On College Basketball is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. With the Price Picks reboot policy, your entry stays in play even if one of your players gets hurt. For NFL games and college football top 25 matchups, say you got a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't come back, that player's rebooted. And Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Seriously, this thing's crazy easy to do. They have one called uh, um, where you take pick two or more players and choose more or less for the stat that's given to you. Man, I, I was cackling Sunday looking at this. The, the more or less, one of them was Patrick Mahomes, 155 and a half yards. It's like free money. Why would you ever take the under? The last time he was under that was October of 2019, one game. I looked it up. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first match deposit up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash lockedoncollege and use code lockedoncollege for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, 
Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. I want to remind you all that Locked On College Football Kickoff Live will be airing this Friday, as every Friday, from 11 a.m. to noon Eastern, getting you ready for this weekend of college football action. Make sure you check it out on every Locked On College YouTube channel. All right, let's talk some Atlantic Sun. Great stuff. We always start off talking the major storylines. We do have uh, a little bit of outgoing from last year, so I want to make sure you know the names of the 12 teams that this year will make up the Atlantic Sun Conference. I'm going to give them to you alphabetically. Austin P, number one. Number two, Bellarmine, who, by the way, is still not eligible for the NCAA tournament. They're in that transition period of five years, which I'm rolling my eyes at. Uh, if you're listening to me, you can't see me doing that. Number three is Central Arkansas, Eastern Kentucky, Florida Gulf Coast University, Jacksonville, Kennesaw State, Lipscomb, North Alabama, North Florida, Queens, who is also ineligible for the NCAA tournament, and Stetson. So uh, there are 12 teams, but only 10 eligible for the NCAA tournament. So if uh, you get a, a A-Sun tournament championship final of Bellarmine and Queens, Neither one of them are getting that automatic qualifying bid. I hate that and it stinks, but it is what it is. By the way, Queens, if, if you're unfamiliar with them, it's not Queens like the borough in New York. This is Queen like Charlotte is the Queen City. That's where Queens is. All right, there we go. So major storylines. Let me hit a couple of these for you. Number one, there's a lot of talent coming back to this conference. A lot of times we look at things now with the transfer portal and we realize these mid-major conferences have been absolutely raided by some of the, the major conferences or, or others leaving. And, and that's just not the case for the A-Sun this year. And, and I love it. And it's not because guys didn't have opportunities to go. They absolutely did and they could have gone. Now, obviously, um, you're losing a couple of your main players because Liberty is off to Conference USA. We'll talk more about realignment stuff here in a minute. But um, Liberty was tied with Kennesaw State, as I said, for the regular season championship last year. And so you lose a couple of those guys. But listen to who's coming back. You get three of your five first-team players back, just one player from the second team, but you get five of the six third-team players back and four of the five all-freshman team players back from last year. That's great. So much returning talent. That is a major storyline of this year. But another major storyline of what that means for the A-Sun is that this thing is wide open at the top. Liberty's gone. They've been, you know, killing this conference. And so when I look at these rosters, when I look at who's coming back, when I look at who's coming in, um, there are lots of possibilities and lots of opportunities to teams to rise to the top. For me, and, and we'll say more about this in the tiers, I, I project those two teams at the tip top to be Eastern Kentucky and Florida Gulf Coast. That's just what I see right now. But there are no guarantees in this thing. That's just part of all this um so much returning but also um uh, some comings and going so we'll keep tabs on that as per last year let me refresh you on what all happened i already said kennesaw state and liberty tied for the regular season but man they kind of separated themselves they were three games ahead of third place in the loss column and then Ken kennesaw state got the one seed because they had beaten liberty head to head in the conference tournament that's the same thing that happened kennesaw state beats liberty by one point, it was a crazy ending. Liberty hit a late three to tie it up. Kennesaw State makes a free throw to win. So Kennesaw State goes on to the NCAA tournament. They're a 14 seed. 
plays Xavier in the first round. Kennesaw State is one of two Owls in the tournament, the other being obviously FAU. But Kennesaw State narrowly loses to Xavier in this first round game. It was by five points in the final, but Kennesaw State had a five-point halftime lead, and they still had a, or not still had a lead because it went back and forth a bit, but they had a lead with two minutes to go, but couldn't hold on to it, never scored again, and Xavier moves on. As a conference last year, um, the A-Sun was 18th out of the 32 conferences, so we'll keep our eyes on that, but just shy of the midway point. In terms of where teams landed last year at Ken Palm, Liberty was significantly the highest team in the conference, 48. Obviously, as we said, they're gone. So will we have another team, not even just in the top 50, but like in the top 100? I don't know. We'll keep tabs on that. Uh, Kennesaw State was the next closest to Liberty, and they were 123. At the bottom end, you did have a couple bottom feeders last year. Central Arkansas was 333. Austin P was 324. Of those two, I expect Austin P to take a bit of a jump this year, although unfortunately, Central Arkansas, I think you're still going to be down near the bottom. I'm so terribly sorry about that. As for, let's talk a little bit about realignment and then some coaching things. Um, Realignment-wise, Liberty, as we've been talking about, they're gone. They're off to the CUSA as is Jacksonville State. They're also going to Conference USA this year as well. And then next year, Kennesaw State is out to Conference USA. So the two teams that finished at the top last year will both be gone by this time next year. And I can't blame Conference USA. They got to do something to replace those six teams that went off to the American Athletic Conference. And so keep eyes on that. Now, um, even with Kennesaw State leaving, West Georgia comes in next year. So the uh, the A-Sun will still be sitting at 12 teams for the 24-25 season. As for the coaching carousel, what, what's going on there? Well, we only have two head coaching changes. One is actually at Austin P, who we just mentioned a minute ago. That's Corey Gibson coming in to uh, to be the head coach. Pretty cool stuff. Austin P is his alma mater. I always love to see guys getting to come back and do that. He comes over after one year as the head coach at Northwestern State, brought a couple players with him, in fact. And uh, something I love is um, reading Corey Gibson's bio. He's from Sykeston, Missouri, which isn't too terribly far from me, but is the home of one of Lambert's restaurant, the home of the Throat Rolls. Anybody ever been there? There's one very close to me in Springfield, Missouri. It's awesome. Check it out. Family style dining. You'll need eight stomachs to survive. And then the other head coaching change is actually at Kennesaw State. Obviously, Amir Abdur Rahim is off to South Florida. And um, so Kennesaw State brings in Antoine Petway, who comes after being an assistant at Alabama since 2013. If that sounds like a common refrain, like, man, I feel like I've heard of multiple Alabama assistants taking head jobs this year. That's because they have. There are three Alabama assistants, which last year would have been their entirety of their assistants. You get two more starting this year. But last year, all three of their assistants are gone and are now head coaches. So Nate Oates has a lot of work to do there. In terms of the coaches who are the longest tenured, um, longest is Scott Davenport at Bellarmine, who's been there since 2005. And then the second longest is Matt Driscoll at North Florida. Everyone else, though, is a pretty recent, like five seasons or fewer at their school. 2018 is the next uh, longest tenured of the head coaches in the ASUN conference. So um, there you go. Just some of the major storylines. Basically the biggest one you need to know, there's a lot of talent coming back and it's pretty wide open 
this could be anybody's game, which we want to talk about. I want to give you my tiers of how I tier out the A-Sun, give you my predictions for the first team. Oh, and I had to include a second team on this one because there's so many guys coming back, plus the rest of my award predictions and who I've got for conference champions. All of that coming up in just a second. But first, I need to tell you that this episode of Locked on College Basketball is brought to you by Jace Medical. I don't know about you, but life is really busy, and it's hard for me to find time to go to the doctor for the antibiotics I need. I just don't have time to schedule appointments. Or, you know, with everything going on right now, there's so many storms or supply chain issues or pandemics. You need to be prepared now more than ever. And everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during any of these unexpected moments. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for the emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping you have access to medicine in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have that medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Doctor created, doctor recommended, Jace Medical. All right, here are my tiers for the ASUN conference. I've divided these 12 teams up into four tiers. I alluded to it earlier, but I've got a two-team first tier this year in its EKU who I feel the best about, and then Florida Gulf Coast as well, just slightly behind them. Uh, I just see EKU with what they're bringing back, being the team that rises to the top. I guess I should say the cream that rises to the top. Tier two, I got four schools in tier two, and that is Lipscomb, Stetson, Kennesaw State, hanging around still a little bit after last year. They lose some, but they're they're keeping it in Bellarmine, which gets back a ton of talent. Really excited to see them this year. My third tier is Austin P, North Alabama, and Queens. I think there's going to be some that might have Austin P higher than that. I would not. I like them right here. And then the bottom tier with apologies, but again, sometimes it's just it's right there. And it's these three teams at the bottom for me, Jacksonville, North Florida, and as I said earlier, Central Arkansas. So we'll see if any of those teams can rise up out of the cellar and just make me look absolutely silly. I hope it happens because I always want teams to do better, but somebody's got to be down there, right? Okay, now let's look next at awards and predictions. As I said, there's just so many guys in this conference coming back that I think are going to have high level production that I had to divide this team, this thing into my top two teams for you. So a little extra juice on it. Uh, so let me give you first my first team, all a son. Number one, Devontae Blanton from East Kentucky. He's a senior 6'6 guard forward. He was on the first team last year. No, re no reason to think that Devontae is not right back there this year. Next is Terrell Burden from Kennesaw State. He was on the second team last year, 5'10 guard, looking to do incredible things again for the Owls. We're going to have to keep rolling through this pretty quick, so forgive me for kind of flying through these names. Would love to uh, honor them longer, but we keep going. Uh, next, third on the team is Jacob Ognazovich from Lipscomb. Uh, first team, last year, 6'7 forward. He's a junior. I'd like to see him maybe get out and be able to shoot a little more, but man, does great stuff. 
next, Jalen Blackman from Stetson Guard. He was on the first team last year. No reason to think. Same thing we've said with a couple other of these guys. No reason to think he won't be back. Uh, this one, this one is kind of my stretch, and I'm curious to hear uh, your thoughts on this. But it's a player who made the All Freshman Team last year that I think is going to take a big jump this year, and that's North Alabama's Jakari Lane, six foot sophomore guard, 12.7 points a game last year. I really expect him to get up closer to 20 this year. So keep your eyes on Lane. Now, again, as I said, so many great players. I got to do two. Team. So here's, I'll just go through it fast. My second team, all a son, Cameron Hunter from Central Arkansas, was on the third team last year. Um, second player on this list, Demarcus Sharp, Austin P. He's one of those guys that came over from Northwestern State and uh, had 19 and a half points last year and shot an obscene 54.7% from three, albeit on just 53 attempts. But uh, really interested to see what Sharp can do. Third, Garrett Tipton from Bellarmine was on the third team last year. Isaiah Thompson from FGCU, Dunk City, baby, third team last year. And then also A.J. McKee from Queens, who was also on the third team last year. Remember, I said there's a lot of guys coming back that were on these teams. Um, I mean, and, and there's others that I could give you that, that I didn't put here. Peter Suter from Bellarmine, Stefan Swenson, Stetson, Ben Johnson, Bellarmine, uh, Tyshawn Comer, EK. I mean, there's just a ton of talent in this conference. Make sure you're watching it. As for my player of the year, I'm going with Devontae Blanton from EKU. Um, for me, I think he's going to be not only the best player in this conference, but I have him as the best pro prospect in this conference. It could very well be one of those things where you look at like, oh, that's why EKU was so good back in the 23-24 season. Remember Devontae Blanton was on that team? That's why. Like, it's the thing I like to do with like, man, why was that Lehigh team so good? Oh yeah, this dude named CJ McCollum was on it, right? Like it's that kind of thing. I wouldn't be surprised if we look back and Blanton's one of those kind of things. As for my transfer of the year, well, I said it earlier. Um, I love this guy coming in to Austin P, and that's Demarcus Sharp. Um, yes, kind of transferring. He's an up transfer from Northwestern State, but I think a lot of what he did is going to be able to translate to Austin P and really expect him to do some great things. So I have him as my transfer of the year. As for my final two awards, Coach of the Year and then handing out my conference championships, it's a sweep. For Coach of the Year, I've got EKU's A.W. Hamilton. Just It just makes sense. If, if EKU rises up and takes this championship, which I'm going to project them to do here in just a second, I just see Hamilton taking home that hardware. Because my conference champion, both regular season and conference tournament, EKU. And I know like I'm, I'm leaning heavy into that, but it's because I see it. There's so much that they have in the front court, so much that they have in the back court. It all comes together and EKU is going dancing into March Madness 2024. Can't wait to see it happen. Friends, that's it for today's episode of Locked On College Basketball. So thank you so much for tuning in with us. Would love to hear your thoughts on Gonzaga, potentially to the Big 12. Would love to hear your thoughts on the A-Sun. Where do you disagree? Where do you agree? Let me know how dumb you think I am or how brilliantly smart you think I am because there's going to be both of you out there. You can make sure to follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnCBB. You can follow me on Twitter at Isaac Shade. Please make sure to subscribe to the show on audio and video format. Smash the like button if you're watching to let us know you're here. And we'd love to hear your comments again on the show. As always, apologies to the lawyer family. Let's go Wildcats. And until tomorrow, peace.